This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. He went to Maryland to give a speech about the economy. Here's how that went. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. I have two words for you. What the 27 days until the election. Today, your final day to register to vote. See your county clerk's offices if you need some help. You can get online. You can call. You can go in person. Montauk County, Callaway County, Cole County, Boone County. Get out. Get the deal done. And I would highly encourage you look at your look at your idea. You got the photo ID. I know you have one, but make sure it's all up to date and all that stuff because I don't want you to have issues 27 days from now when we go to the polls today final day to register and i want to start this morning uh focusing a little bit on some of these national races and i want to highlight that from two days ago stephen colbert whose ratings have been plummeting for a while now uh as a matter of fact fox has the number yeah fox beating abc's uh jimmy kimmel they're beating jimmy fallon they're beating stephen colbert greg gutfeld at night is beating those shows uh just recently set a record this is on cable news far fewer homes and they are beating them in the nielsen ratings but i wanted to highlight that because happened a couple of days ago but we get people asking like is that a parody did but that's not a parody your president your president of the united states said i have two words for you made in america now we all have gas i am not immune Hannah's got my back on this. <laughs> Stop it. I could probably pull up a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got plenty. I'm like John Fetterman sometimes. But I want to highlight that his reputation precedes him. We know the issues that we he has with his mental acuity. And this is a real problem because as we're 27 days out from the national election, there are still people that are ignoring that. Uh, and this is important because this is rampant in the Democrat Party, by the way. And we're going to focus on some national races here. John Fetterman, Pennsylvania, who, by the way, has a brilliant campaign uh, billboard. I want to hold this up. So if you're watching on our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, he's got a uh, he's got a billboard in Philadelphia. John Fetterman running against uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz, of course, longtime uh, TV dude. Uh, but he's put up a billboard says Dr. Oz. He's a Cowboys fan in Philadelphia, home of the, I think, the 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. That's a pretty neat campaign thing. Not effective, but it's kind of funny. Makes me laugh. But I want to focus on John Fetterman here for a minute because this is an issue that is rampant amongst Democrats and something we need to consider locally. Now, much has been said about John Fetterman, who John Fetterman, Dr. Oz, for what polls are worth, they're neck and neck. We can look at the polls in Arizona in that Senate race. Mark Kelly, uh, neck and neck pretty much with GOP nominee Blake Masters. Uh, and those races, they matter to us. It's control of the Senate of the United States of America. And it matters to us here in the heart of America. It matters to us here in the heart of Missouri. And much has been said about John Fetterman and where he is mentally following his stroke. And I want to be very clear here because I get this sometimes. Last night, I was at the Tigers on the Prowl event. Big annual event. Several hundred people getting together. Great cause. Great charity. Bunch of cool people out there. Uh, Tim from Atterbury Auction in Real Estate. Uh, Shane Winters, who does financial counseling. A whole bunch of local folks out there. But somebody approached me as I'm on my way out the door and says, you know, you really shouldn't be knocking John Fetterman. He had a stroke. And I said, well, two things. 
Uh, number one, I have not knocked John Fetterman for his mental stuff following his stroke. And number two, if we do talk about it, it's in a factual basis. Nobody's knocking the guy because he had a stroke. But that's how the far left, they, they gaslight us. You, you're talking about John Fetterman. He had a real health issue. The issue is the people that are supporting him. Listen, this guy's not right for office. Besides the political aspect, he just ain't all ready and stuff. As a matter of fact, MSNBC, there's a reporter, Dasha Burns, and she did a sit-down interview with him. Now, this is in very friendly territory. She is on MSNBC. And before they played their conversation, she did an interview with John Fetterman. And this is very insightful. This is very telling. This is important to know, okay? Because nobody is knocking John Fetterman because he had a stroke. Nobody's knocking him for that. Um... But it's a real issue for people that say, yeah, he's ideal for office. He's not. Check out what Dasha Burns had to say prior to airing this interview. We had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues. As And that's not a problem. Sure, the guy had a stroke. Yeah, you're going to have some issues. That's not the issue. Nobody's poking fun at this guy because he had a stroke. Don't let them gaslight you. The problem is he's running for office. The result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview, before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that... Uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversation. Again, nobody's making fun of the guy because he's had a stroke. And those are facts from friendly territory. MSNBC. She's saying even before we sat down and did our interview, he wasn't understanding what's happening. And that's fine. Randy Tobler, who's here weekdays four to six, he covers this stuff brilliantly. Randy Tobler, besides being an incredible uh, host, here on the radio station, also happens to be a doctor, so he knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, all that stuff, auditory auditory problems, problems with comprehension. Yeah, that stuff is all natural following a stroke, but what's not natural is to say, I'm the best guy to be in office. I'm better than Dr. Oz. It all comes down to his politics. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. been one of those guys just at the lead of the, the whole abortion rights discussion from, from the get-go. And he is a, isn't he the lieutenant governor there? Yeah, he's like lieutenant governor. He's also hypocritical. He's he says, oh, you know, we need to be tougher on crime. He has been incredibly weak on c crime. And you look at the the number one, uh, one of the top factors when it comes to voting here in twenty seven days. It, it, we talk about crime. You know what it really is, John? I think it's it, you know we say crime, but what it really is, it's how we as people. How we feel when we're out on the streets, whether you're in Pennsylvania, uh, whether you're in Columbia, whether you're in Jefferson City, it's, yeah, it's crime, but it's really, it's that feeling it leaves you with. Nobody likes to go outside and be unsure of things. So, John, I have two words for you. Get out and vote. Those are the two <laughs> words. Uh, Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> and here's the thing. So, listen, and Biden is sure he's almost 80 years old. White House, by the way. Uh, guidance from the White House is they're telling Democrats, 
hey, let's not hype the president's birthday coming up. We're not really excited about celebrating his 80th birthday, whichever one it is for you. And that's fine because that's what happens when you live long enough. You turn 80, but it doesn't mean you should be making decisions that could have impacts regarding uh, nuclear war and impacts on your checking account and uh, and things like that. There's John Marsh. Good morning, bud. Good morning. My name is Brandon Rather. There's producer Hannah. Good morning. Brian Hosworth is here, too. Stephanie Bell is going to be back on uh, on Monday. So this stuff is important. I would, and I do want to... Kind of look at some of these national polls real quick. This stuff matters to us here in mid-Missouri and Arizona. There is a new, for what polling is worth, I, I always still find it fascinating. Mark Kelly, uh, who has distanced himself from Joe Biden, uh, doesn't want him to come campaign, stumbled when he was asked if he thinks he should run for re-election. Uh, he leads Blake Masters, the GOP nominee, and that lead has actually increased, and you could say, here's why. There's a guy by the name of Mark Victor. He is a libertarian. He's in the race. The, in, the, the uh, support for the libertarian in the race has increased about 12 percentage points over the past couple of months. So people say... Uh, so is that a libertarian in the race that's fouling things up in Arizona where Republicans potentially have an opportunity to pick up a seat in, in the Senate? What is already a, clo- a close race? Uh, one of the things I hear, well, you can't say, Mar- you can't say that libertarians siphon votes from Republicans. That's, you know, that's, that's almost a fallacy uh-huh. because they talk about in so many of these races of libertarians uh-huh. getting 10 to 15 percent of the vote. And if you check the, check the numbers, even in Missouri, it doesn't happen. Yeah, we had a great conversation. It was last Thursday, Jonathan Dine, libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate here in Missouri. I think it was 7 o'clock hour last Thursday. If you want to go to our websites, 939theeagle.com and kwos.com. I think it was 735 from last Thursday's show. Great conversation with the libertarian candidate. But one of the things uh, I I wonder about, there, I still hear Republicans say, well, you, you know, you can't say that libertarians are siphoning votes from conservatives or Republicans in in races, except for the 92 presidential election. Then the libertarian, then the third party candidate, Ross Perot, he did siphon votes from George. Throw a monkey wrench into things. Yeah. So we'll use that. So usually libertarian in a race, ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't throw a monkey wrench into things, except for in 92 when H. Ross Perot took the votes from our Republican. Um, now, here's the deal. <laughs> uh, so polling showing in Arizona that uh, that Mark Kelly has a slight lead. You look at the Senate race in Georgia, Ralphie uh, Warnick and Herschel Walker post. And by the way, this is polling uh, following the the revelations that came, or the allegations, I think would be more accurate regarding Herschel Walker, the other candidate in that Georgia Senate race, post uh, polling, post abortion revelations, and Herschel Walker's ex girlfriend um, shows that that race is neck and neck within the margin of error. Kemp has a lead in the gubernatorial race over Stacey Abrams, who continues to lie about losing her election a couple of uh, years ago. So that's kind of what's happening on a national uh, stage. Final day to register to uh, to vote. And I'm wondering, I was at a political fundraiser again last night. This for a Boone County candidate. Her name is Shimon Jones. Interesting story because, number one, she's a Republican in, in a, a very liberal area. She's also uh, 
Black. She's running for recorder of deeds. Was at a fundraiser for her last night. Here's a story, John, that comes up all the time. Voter turnout, voter turnout, voter turnout. And I'm looking as we look. And again, I get it. Uh, primary back in August. You look at the, uh, the voter turnout in Boone County. I think it was about 20%. Cole County, actually, I think. Uh, I, I think for a primary, Cole County at 30%, I think that's decent. But here's what I, 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 and I don't have an answer for this, is, okay, we talk about low voter turnout. How do we get more people to the polls 27 days from now? What's the trick? This is something that come up that came up last night because we can sit here and say it till we're blue in the face, get out and vote, get out and vote, make a plan, tell your neighbors, all that. But it's not translating um, into uh, reality. It's just not working out that way. Coming and, up, and the yeah. whole discussion that goes with it about the third party mm-hmm. voters and all about how they determine the race and all. More often than not, whether they, they show up in great numbers or not, a lot of those third party folks end up voting for, you know, one of the two front runners who might have a real shot at it. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of interesting dynamics at play. Uh, coming up, six, you may have heard about this story. Something, John, you highlighted yesterday, SCOTUS case regarding uh, pigs. California Supreme Court, those are three phrases you don't hear looped together that often. But this could have effect on what we pay for pork here in mid-Missouri. 635, Don Nigatum from the uh, Missouri Pork. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Meeting our own country's needs We wouldn't have to be asking others for their help, but if we did need help, they would have more reason to be helpful. As Jerry Moran, he is a senator from Kansas, stayed over to the left of us talking about OPEC and Biden. That's what's getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Remember a couple days ago, Biden caught hot mic. You don't F with Biden. And then OPEC. They promptly did. Other uh, countries promptly did F with the Biden. So now President Joe Biden saying there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia as the OPEC alliance moves to cut oil production and Democratic lawmakers calling for a freeze on cooperation with the Saudis. And here's the problem. Here's the thing that happened. So the whole the whole world, we know, following January 20th, 2021, whenever the big guy was sworn in and talked about unity and all those unicorn type of things, the world knows there are no consequences. Joe is incredibly weak, and that's bad for you, and that's bad for me, because uh, on a worldwide stage, we really, really do look bad. And please understand, these these... They're not conservative talking points. They're really just facts. We look bad. We look weak. And it's infringing on the safety of all of us. Biden suggesting that he would soon take action. Right. As a, And by the way, don't we, we want the guy to do well? We really do. We want the country to do well, but it's just not happening. So Biden suggesting he would soon take action. As aides announced that the administration is... Reevaluating its relationship with the kingdom in light of the oil production cut that White House officials say will help another OPEC member, which happens to be Russia, saying it's going to pad its coffers as it continues its nearly eight-month war in Ukraine. Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal, Connecticut, Rep. Uh, Rokan of California, introduced legislation that would immediately pause all U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile, Biden administration developing plans for Venezuelans with financial sponsors to be granted parole to enter the U.S., similar to how 
Uh, Ukrainians have been admitted after Russia's invasion. Uh, two very different things happening, though. And here's how the White House, they try to justify. Well, you know, in Venezuela, they're going through the same thing. And, yeah, things are horrible in Venezuela. But my goodness, you know, how many people can you let into your house? You know, you're doing charity. How, how often can you open up your checkbook and give to charitable don- uh, causes, whether it's Alzheimer's, whether it's for folks that, that need some help with food during the holiday? How often can we open up our checkbook and help other people the way it is in your house? It's the same as a country. And Democrats just don't get it. Four officials offered broad outlines of the plan to deal with a large increase with this is wake up mid-missouri with brandon rathert choirs pork sold in the state to come from pigs whose mothers were raised in at least 24 square feet of space so we're focused here in missouri i know the story sounds kind of weird we're talking california pigs scotus and why it matters to us here in mid-missouri where we're thinking about propositions three recreational marijuana proposition five which has to do with the national card but right now we're focusing on proposition 12 in california case before the supreme court of the united states and this has implications has the potential to have implications on us here in mid-missouri so i want to welcome into the show don nicodem don nicodem is with the missouri pork association we want to welcome you into the show let's start here we want to try to bottom line this as easily as we can right now because there's a couple of different levers here but what number one what is proposition 12 don well brandon pleased to be on the show prop 12 is an effort by animal activists in california to put restrictions on how people raise pigs in other states and Bottom line, it makes pork more expensive, less available, and that fits well with the animal activist goal of people not eating meat. So there is an ulterior motive, and to make the change to this is going to be very expensive for producers, and ultimately it's going to be very more, much more expensive for consumers. So there. Uh, so when they passed this, it's not. It wasn't really about. Well, we we want to be we want to be nice to the pigs before we slaughter them and eat them. Really, the ulterior motive was we don't want you to eat meat, and here's a way that government can control how you behave personally. Am I right in that assessment? Well, I would completely agree with that. Yes. So then, what what happened in uh, so the case before the Supreme Court? That's what this is about. Kind of what happened yesterday? Well, they had oral arguments, and I didn't get to listen to them entirety. Sounds like from what I did hear, they went well. People ask a lot of the right questions. The case before us centers on what's called the dormant commerce clause, which is a constitutional provision that says states can't put impositions on other states to regulate trade. And it's kind of like right now, Brandon, we're in the trade issues with countries all around the world because country X, Y, and Z puts either a tariff or a non-tariff trade barrier on our product to keep our product out of their, their country. And Commerce Clause in our Constitution was placed there to keep states from doing that to each other. So California's in effect, doing this if this law goes into effect. And so we're asking the Supreme Court to tell them you can't violate the law. All right. So here in mid-Missouri, why sh- why should I care about this? Well, for producers <clears throat> to change facilities and protocols on how they raise pigs is going to cost, in many cases, 
tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars for some larger operations. Not even the real largest ones will have that kind of cost. I mean, it's going to be across the board. And to comply with what California is telling everybody else to do, and, and mind this, Brandon, California raises very, very few pigs of its own. Almost all of their pork consumption is imported into California from states here in the Midwest primarily. So folks that don't raise pigs in California are now attempting to tell people that do know how to really do a great job of raising pigs, how they should do it. <laughs> Sorry, I, so, I don't mean uh, to laugh and interrupt what you say, <laughs> but that is because that is, and again, I, I, I always go back to, Don, you know, these, these aren't like conservative talking points. We're not about railing against people that disagree with us. We're about highlighting the silliness, and, and, and I agree. The people in California want to tell us how we should uh, do things and why we should care. Ultimately, this could mean that what they want to do because of they want to impose their moral values on other people that here in mid-Missouri, when we go to Schulte's, when, when we go to Mosier's, we could be paying more for uh, pork. Don Nickett Missouri Pork Association, talking about this case in front of the Supreme Court of the United States that ultimately could end up uh, uh, causing us to pay more for pork. He's joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Don, this is nothing new under the sun. We've seen the, the liberal groups, even liberal states, go after the, the poultry industry, haven't we? Oh, sure. And I think it was interesting yesterday. I know you guys talked about New Zealand and their new tax they're wanting to impose on dairy and beef and sheep. All right. So you look at California again. Here's a good what if for you. What if they would pass a law that says, hey, you can't sell any beef or poultry or dairy products or sheep products in uh, California unless you tax the producers in your state. I mean, it's just there's there's no end to the idiocy sometimes that takes place in these kind of activities. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you, this is kind of off topic, but this just uh, occurred to me, political, not political, kind of what we're talking about here this morning, Don. Um, we talk about people getting out to vote, and this is, this. I guess actually we could say this, this is very political, and it affects our pocketbooks. It affects uh, what happens with our bank account and our wallets and the money in purses and things like that. We always encourage people, please get out and vote. Today is the deadline to register to vote in Missouri, 27 days until we go to the polls on November the 8th. And so maybe kind of out of your wheelhouse, but I think that's why you're absolutely qualified to answer this question. Something we want to talk about on the show this morning. From a non-political point of view, I can sit here, Marsh can sit here, and we can go to, you know, uh, pachyderm meetings and GOP meetings. People say, we got to get out and vote. We got to get out and vote. Uh, yet we look at voter turnout and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to reflect us urging people to get out and vote. From your point of view, you're, you're in the ag industry, not really in the political realm. Just as a regular Joe Schmodon, what do you think would encourage people to get out and vote on November the 8th? Well, you know, it's, that's a good question, Brandon, and we, everybody struggles with that. Yeah. I think right now, I guess you could say that, um, uh, you know, if, Things like what happened in California were because of low voter turnout. Yep. Yeah. And to put it in point there, they, they claim it was a landslide victory. People voted for this Prop 12, like 63% of the California voters voted in favor. But kind of boil those numbers down, and as I looked at it, they had about 30, less than 40% voter turnout in that election. And so in reality, it wasn't 63% of the California eligible voters. It was just of those that bothered to vote. 
that's what happens to us here on many issues. When people don't come out to vote, a small percentage of the population makes the decision for you. I think that's, uh, I think you're right. Don Nick at a Missouri Pork Association. Before we let you go, I want to highlight, we talk about how important the ag industry is to the state of, of Missouri. Uh, pork industry, how are we doing here in the Show Me State? Well, Missouri ranks between 6th and 7th nationally in pork production. Of course, Iowa is the largest producer mm-hmm. of pork in the country. And all total, you know, our industry adds a billion plus dollars to the state's economy each year and provides upwards of 30,000 jobs across the state related to the pork industry. So it's a significant factor. We consume a lot of corn and a lot of soybean meal that the grain farmers produce out here. And so it's important from a variety of aspects. Uh, and the best way to grow, if, if I'm hanging out at your house, Marsh and me and Brian Hollingsworth and producer, Han, producer Han all hanging out at your house and you're, you're, you're doing pork. Um, what are you cooking for us? What's, what's your best recipe? Oh, I'll tell you, it's all really good. <clears throat> the key is do not overcook it. We have a real struggle with people that want to cook it until it's tough and dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, 145 is what USDA says the internal temperature should be. We encourage people to get a thermometer. You can keep track of your temperature on that. But, you know, chops and loins and ribs are just hard to beat. And uh, we do lots of pulled pork because the flavor is just immense. Uh, if you're doing a pork tenderloin, are you marinating it? Yeah, you can. Uh, we do them a variety of ways, but take them and double or Butterfly cut them real thick and wrap bacon around them and grill them. They're pretty good that way, too. Of course, anything you put bacon on is good, right? Uh, amen, brother. Uh, my dad is co-hosting on the show tomorrow. He's a, he's a regular, semi-regular co-host here on the show. And we have this dispute all the time. And Because, for example, when it comes to beef, medium rare, medium rare. Hannah can get my back on this. I frown on people who get their beef beyond medium rare. Um, Not only right. frown, but judge. Judge. I get all judgy and stuff. <laughs> But when it comes to pork, I'm always telling my dad, I'm like, Dad, you know, it's got to be a little bit more done in beef. And my dad says, that's not true anymore. That's like a holdover from the old days when we were worried about getting, um, there could have been potentially more issues in the way pork was produced. But he says, it's not really true anymore. Is my dad. That's great. Listen to your dad. He's right. (laughs) Medium rare. (laughs) Don Don Nicodem, Missouri Pork Association. Uh, Anything else you would like to add before we let you go? No, not really. I, got to, I did get a message from Mark Alford right before we went on. He said, do a good job with Brandon Rafferty this morning. So Mark's a great guy. So oh, I'll give nice. him a kudo there. So. All right. Very cool. Don, we appreciate you. Anything that we can do for you here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, you let us know. All right. Keep in touch. Tell Halsworth. Hi. All right. We'll do it. Mark Alford, actually. Yeah, he did. He sent a text. Mark Alford, he's running for the uh, for the seat currently held by Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. Uh, Marsh, he says, uh, hey, Mark here, watching from St. Louis this morning on your YouTube channel. Uh, Very cool. <laughs> looking good. Appreciate that. You can watch us on the YouTube channel. Uh, just go to YouTube, search Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And here's how you can use that. Here's what we get from a lot of people. We heard from a dry cleaners recently. We also heard from folks like at Gaps Automotive where they have a TV out in their lobby. They put YouTube they put YouTube up on the TV out in the lobby. They put it up on the smart TV, and then people watch it, and here's why. Because you get local news, local analysis, local opinion uh, on things that are happening. Showers this morning, otherwise some sunshine, high 73. By the way, 
you hearing any scuttlebutt post uh, post special session, Marsh, regarding uh, the the special session Jefferson City that ended last week? You hearing anything like post buzz now that it's over? We're hearing uh, some of those issues that they were not happy about being able to deal with in special session may go right to the head of the list when they return in January for the regular session. So it ain't over till it's over, and it's ready to start again in a few months. I know. Uh, two months from now, pre-filing starts Scott Fawn, Missouri Times, also hosts the TV show This Week in Missouri Politics. He's going to be joining us an hour from now. He's here at 7.30. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Nationally, and there's no reason for that. So why are we spending $100,000 additionally on top of a tax cut to do this? Local state rep David Tyson Smith chatting with ABC 17, talking about the cost of the special session just in the House. And he talks about, he's kind of critical that there was this a special session, which uh, we have this veto session every year. Uh, but he's talking about teacher pay. Why are we spending money on this? Well, incidentally, so with these tax cuts that people like producer Hannah will be getting starting in January, these tax cuts that Marsh are getting, that Howlsworth is getting, that you're getting, that teachers are getting, they will see more money because of this. I think it's disingenuous to complain about, well, teacher pay, we're spending a hundred grand on a special session. Well, in that special session, it's getting more money for teachers. Interestingly enough, if I had the opportunity, I haven't talked with Mr. Tyson Smith. Last time we had communications, and, and by the way, personally, I like the guy. He does a lot for uh, for mid-Missouri, and obviously we disagree on, on politics. But the last communications we had, he called one of our local state reps, Jeff Bass. He said he was a liar, and I asked David Tyson Smith, can you please give me some clarification on what it is that Chuck Basie lied about? Could not, would not answer the question. Which uh, is is par for the course, and I don't understand this. If you say, and I'm not picking on just David Tyson Smith here, but this seems to be kind of like whenever you uh, pledge your allegiance and salute that you're going to be in the Democrat Party, this seems to be something you have to sign, that whenever you get asked tough questions about what you say or about what you believe, you don't answer the question. Uh, We see it on a national level. Uh, we, we see it on a local level, for example, with David Tyson um, Smith. We've seen it a lot recently with uh, Democrats on a national level saying, hey, uh, this secure border that you keep talking about, why do we keep seeing an influx of, um, of fentanyl that's coming over and killing kids locally? It's coming across the secure border uh, how is that happening? And they, they, they don't answer the questions. Uh, we, we heard from, or actually didn't hear from, the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser. She had a staffer who apparently assaulted a guy in the parking lot of a gym. It's kind of funny. Uh, Marsh, when was the last time you wore uh, jean shorts? Jorts, I think, as they were called. When was the last time you wore something like that? Been a while. Yeah, been a while. And it's <laughs> because it's cooling off. Yeah, but nobody does. But this guy, there's video in the parking lot. This staffer for Muriel Bowser, mayor in D.C., he's in uh, jorts and a muscle shirt. He looks all lamped up on the steroids and uh, shoves a guy. He's bullying. And the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, who's one of those folks that got upset, got upset because in her sanctuary city, 
There's illegal immigrants in her sanctuary city. She was asked about this incident with her staff. I haven't seen it. And I won't You're be looking at it now. Oh, I actually won't. Actually, I asked you for it earlier uh, where I could review it, and that's where I'll review it in my office. You can see it right now, though. We're showing but you the I'll video. Show, I'll review it in my so office. Well, she gets all indignant and stuff because she's asked about... Hey, a very important topic. By the way, the reporter covering this story. And per usual, didn't want to answer any questions from Fox 5. That's a TV station in D.C. And she's saying, <laughs> Throwing a little shade. Man. Fox is, affiliate. Yeah, Fox affiliate saying, as per usual, this Democrat didn't want to answer any questions, man. I love it. It's crazy. This rain we're seeing around here, rain, lightning, should be out of here, I don't know, maybe by lunchtime today on our way up to 73 today. It is a bona fide case of voter fraud in Alaska. You do a competition there uh, every year. It's called Fat Bear Wheat. And I guess people get on the Internet when they're done goofing around on the Tinder. They get onto the Internet and they vote for fat bears in Alaska's Katmai Peninsula. Which usually, if you're watching Nat Geo Wild or whatever, you see videos of bears swatting at salmon. More often than not, it's grizzlies uh, in, the, in the Katmai Peninsula that are they're boning up for wintertime. That's the reason I say I'm putting on weight. I'm boning up for winter. Anyhow, they do this competition. They keep track of the bears, and people get on. As a matter of fact, to the tune of uh, well over almost 150,000 people voted in Fat Bear Week 2022. But apparently there was fraud. People are right. Election fraud does exist. Watchers of Fat Bear Week rocked by a scandal over the weekend when the Katmai National Park Twitter unveiled 